I want to kind of jump in uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. As we talk about generosity, uh, I want to announce also that this week our learning center, which Josh and Lindsay, the church here, has sown a great seed into that learning center, just got our building uh, final permit to open up. Um, we, are, we are launching a learning center in an at-risk area in our community. Most of you guys may not know that I pastor a church from a nightclub to a church on a church on a club strip. We open up inside that gangster type of stuff, right? <laughs> Amen. And uh, so we just honored to have their support and uh, you guys seed into that work. Amen. So we're excited about that. Amen. All right. All right. So I want to dive in. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Uh, we're dealing with uh, Loveology. We're dealing with a relationship series um, fitting for the month of February as well as we are celebrating, uh, you know, Black History Month. So I'm honored, honored to be here as your black brother up in the house. <laughs> All right. Amen. And um, so Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, they cover Pastor Lindsay and Josh a lot of material. But what I want to do is kind of give some foundation framework. Uh, in regards to building upon what they was taught, what you guys learned in the last couple weeks. And I'm going to take my time and, and try to work this thing here. But I want you to see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, how many of you know uh, your relationship is the most important decision you will make in your life? Who to marry, who to walk with, right? Just these relationships are important. But I want to give you some foundation this morning in the time that I have to teach this thing. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says this. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Let me pause real quickly. Who said that? All right. He said, I will make him, I'll make a helper suitable for him. I want to read it again. He says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about relationship keys this morning. Let's pray real quickly as we dive in. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you now in this, in this house for the opportunity to share your word. Lord calls your preacher, your servant, your son to do this text, no harm. Thank you, God, for opening our eyes and our hearts to hear what you're saying to us in this hour. We give you all the glory and the honor. Now, God, bless thee, thy people, to have healthy relationships. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Let me first start off up in here as people are still coming in. Uh, I want to make it very clear um, that it is God's idea for man not to be alone. Now, some of us uh, who, who may say, well, Pastor, I don't want nobody in my life. I, I'd rather be single. I'm not talking to you necessarily. But the 99% of us who say I want somebody in my life to share life with from that aspect, I want you to lean in. At the same time, if you're single, lean in. But I want you to know God's plan was for us not to be alone. Here is Adam in the garden, right, uh, walking through the garden, paying attention that God made two of everything. He didn't see anything that was like him. 
So God knew Adam had a problem. He looked at everything but didn't see nothing like him. He was busy taking care of the garden, but nothing was like him. So God said, it is a good idea that man not be alone, right? So God gave Adam a purpose, a job, and a plan. Can I tell all of my single ladies, all my single ladies, oh, 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 yeah. Uh, can, can I just inflect that? If you're going to date someone, marry someone, make sure homeboy got a job. And, yeah, amen. He, he, he is in purpose, and he's doing what God called him to do. Uh, so here's God said, I'm going to make him someone that's going to help him, someone that is going to be suitable for him, someone that is fashioned for him. Not anybody is going to do in your life. It has to be fashioned from God. All right? So God said it. He said, this is my plan for man not to be alone. So if God said it, he must knew all about it or he must know all about it. His goal is to make someone suitable for you. All right. So relationships are important in our lives. It's so much so that it can determine the outcome of our life. And I say I'd rather be mad at me for three years than spend 30 years with somebody you just can't stand. Amen. So you might want to listen up to this because not only who you marry to or who you partner with, relationships is important. But let's find out what God says about this. Uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, it says something. First and most important, our relationship God is the most important relationship you and I should have. All right? Luke chapter 10, verse 27 says this. Jesus said, he answered, he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. With all your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pause for a minute. Here's God says, if you're going to have a relationship with anybody, first have it with me. Right. Uh, can, I, can I tell you, it, it kills me when, when people would say, uh, oh, you, 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 you couldn't plead me. In essence, to trying to identify with someone else to bring completion or satisfaction to your life, you and I cannot be completed unless we get this part right first. He is a jealous God, and he wants our attention first. That's nowhere possible you can love man properly without loving God right. And this is important because when you move into your relationships without getting this one right first, you're only going to be looking for people, that, looking from people what only God can do inside of you. And, and, and we make moves, right, dating dumb people based out of insecurities. Can I talk in the house? We, we, we get vulnerable in our decisions because we want them to, oh, oh complete me. No, no, I'm going to talk to y'all slow today. Amen. All right? Because when I love God right with all my heart, then I can properly love man with all my heart. And he teaches us how to love. I feel this thing coming on me already, y'all. He wants us to get that part right first. And he gives these things. He said, first, you got to love God with all of your heart. You know, when you love God with all of your heart, you don't have room for anybody else. My wife loves me, but she loves God more than me. 
and as a secondary consequence, I get the benefits. I, 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 I made mistakes in my life trying to get out of a relationship what I needed from God. So I was vulnerable. I, I had insecurities, and, and I wanted them to fulfill me in ways that God needed my heart first. Are you following what I'm saying? So before you jump in this thing with man, get it right with God. And you got to love God with your heart. Here's the component, your mind and your soul. And when he gets all of that, you are ready to be a suitable helpmate for somebody. Can I get amen? amen? Now, loveology is the study of love. Well, you know, the whole relationship of Christ is that he first loved us and he gave his only begotten son for us, right? So he, he had an act of love for you and I. But the goal is, before I date somebody, before I move with somebody, how is my relationship with God? How am I loving him properly? You know, at a church like this and every church across America, we have people that come in and, and in the name of religion, they join a church, they get involved, and they have a hand, and, and they, they may have some gifts, but a lot of times they're lacking love. They can serve with you, but they're very nasty, you know what I'm saying? They, they don't get along with people. They got always got something going on. That's a problem that they have to give to God. Because you're going to bring hurt and pain into an organization or a relationship, and you're going to cause that thing pain. Right. All right? So if we're going to grow and be healthy in our relationships or any type of friendship or partnerships, whatever ship you sailed on, you got to have love first. And you got to have love with God first taken care of. That's making sense. All right? And then when you got that part right, loving God with all of your heart, your mind, with your strength, what does it look like, Pastor, my obedience, God having everything, all of me. I'm really, I really love God. I don't, I, you know, I don't just love my church. I, I love God. I want more relationship than religion. I am in love with him. Uh, so much so that I would never, ever think about leaving him. Can't miss a day of church because I love him so much. I can't go without being in his presence because I love him so much. Are you following me? Yeah. And then if he don't get that part first, we're going to fall vulnerable to people. Yeah. All right? So he's kind of protecting us there. Right. And the second thing here is a third thing, rather, once you understand God said that man shouldn't be alone, the next thing, next thing is love him with all your heart. And then God's favor produces favor with man. All right? So Proverbs says, in verse 3 and 4, good reputation, then you will find favor both with God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So watch how this thing works. God said it. Who said it? God. All right. And then he said, I got to love him first with all of my heart. And then when I do that, I, I get favor with God, and then I get it with man. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me trip with you for a minute because I, I, I realize watching through corporate America and in church arenas and circles, a lot of people play kissy-kissy. Hey, say neighbor. neighbor. Are you playing kissy-kissy? All right. I, I, I was telling my church, please come here. I was telling my church, it, it, telling them, I said, listen, if you are on a job, ladies, and you got to wear a short skirt to get a raise. If you got to show a little bit of cleavage to get some attention. 
if you got to drop it like it's hot, come on, talk somebody, <laughs> then you are inducing your own favor. Man, if your money, your job, your career, your Ford truck, come on, somebody. Uh -oh. Am I meddling up here? I, I thought this was a Chevy church. This is a Chevy church. Yeah, amen. Let me be careful. Amen. Watch this. When you love God with all of your heart, he gives you favor. Watch this. With man. He'll take care of the man part while you taking care of the God part. So you don't have to do nothing extra to get something extra. Your job is just to love him, and he's going to give you favor. He's going to open doors in your life, hello, that man can't close. And see, I'd rather have favor with God than with man because God controls the heart of every man, and he can turn it any way that he wants. Now, he also says you will have good reputation. Somebody say reputation. reputation. The Christian believer, every person, should be concerned about their reputation. You can't go around saying, I don't care what nobody says about me. Uh, I don't care what they think about me and all that stuff. No, that matters to God, what people say about you, what they think about you. Right. He wants you to have a good name, a good character. He wants you to have a good reputation, right? He, you know, it, it's, it's one of the things like, uh, you know, discipling some, some people and, and I'm like, uh, well, well, Pastor, I'm believing God for a car and, Believe in God for a house, and I'm believing God to do some things. And, and I said, I'm going to believe in, believe in God for all this. Thing. I said, okay, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm a, this year I'm going to go out and buy me a car, get me a car. And I said, well, uh, how are you taking care of your, your credit? He said, I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm about a 15 right now. <laughs> I said, good night. I said, what? I didn't know you can get that low. They won't even lend you a gum. I'm like, Maybe not that low, but I said, wait a minute. You believe in God for a car, a house, but your credit character is in a bad place. Now, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm not talking about nobody up in here. This is a 750 credit school church. I do understand that, right? But, but, but what I'm saying is that represents your character. And, and then your reputation, it represents who you are. And, in, and, and that's the type of thing that we must understand. Our reputation matters to God. It affects our witness. So if you're walking around being nasty with people, you cussing them out, don't have a good attitude, not greeting people, you have a problem within yourself. Because when you do things right, God will give favor in your life, and men will do things for you. Does that make sense? Can I get amen? amen. Right? So now we know. That whenever I get it right with God, man is not a problem. So this year, I want healthy relationships. But I don't need to, I don't need to uh, manipulate it. I don't need to play kissy-kissy. If I love God right, he going to fix things with man in my life. Are right. oh, you following me? Yeah. Now, in this relationship, you understand that, that you know, we all have these building blocks in regards to our relationships with our siblings, I want you to see something in the Bible, all right? We're loving God, we get in favor with man, and then we have a relationship with our siblings. In Genesis, Genesis 4, verse 9 through 10, I want you to see this. Here's Cain, God talking to Cain. He says, 
in verse 9, it says, Am I my brother's keeper? Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abram? Cain answered, I don't know. He replied, Am I my brother's keeper? All right? And the Lord said, What have you done? He said, Listen. Your brother blood cries out to me from the ground. Now, relationships in our homes are important before we have relationship with other people. It starts in our homes. Here's Cain and Abel. Here's God asking a question to Cain. He said, where is your brother? He replied, I don't know. Let me ask this church a question. All of you who have brothers and families and those in your household, you're, you're required to be your brother's keeper. Wait a minute. You're required to be looking out for your brother and your sister. You're not supposed to get this gospel for yourself and take it to heaven by yourself. You're required to look over your brothers and your sister. You're required to make it right with your brothers and sisters. You cannot be loving God while hating your brothers and your sisters. The question is, where's your brother? I don't know. Last time I see him, he was in some club. Last time I see him, he was in some state. It is your responsibility as a believer to look after your brothers and sisters. Don't look at me like that. Don't you look at me like that. (laughs) Well, pastor, you don't know my brother. Amen. Well, you know God, and you need to share that with your brother. Here's what he said. Am I my brother's keeper? Which means your relationship should be such that you're keeping your brother. You are praying for your sister. You're building that part of the relationship. It matters to God. How are you going to get saved, get this gospel, and ignore your family? Amen. You talking about having a church where y'all need nine services? I don't know how y'all going to do that, Josh, but I think it's possible. Impossible. Start, maybe start at five in the morning and do anywhere. But when we start caring for our brother, caring for our siblings, we allow God to move. Look what it says. I'm reading it again. It says, he says in verse 9, then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? He says, he said, I don't know. You know everything. I don't know. I don't know where he at. I don't know what they're doing. They lost somewhere. They in the world. He said, he said, look what he said. He said, what, what have you done? Have you ignored him at every family reunion? Are you just doing it for yourself? He says, listen, your brother's spirit, your brother's blood is crying out. What I love about Pastor Josh is that he cares about his brother, not only his biological brother, but his brothers in the world, in the community. See, when the spirit of the of the man and woman gets in the house, then this church can multiply because we are caring about our brothers. Not just our natural brothers, but our spiritual brothers, right? Or both. And then look at the other one here. Relationship with others. Loving thy neighbor. Look what it says here. It says in Luke 10 again. It says, love the Lord, 27, your God, with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
all right? The question was asked to me, uh, who is my neighbor? Okay? Now, we over here in Jennings. My, is this Jennings Mamu or just Jennings? Uh, okay, just Jennings. I was making sure. Amen. Amen. The question we ask is, who is my neighbor? Well, pastor, my neighbor is them people across the street. The people with them chickens across the street. That, <laughs> pastor, who is my neighbor? Them people next door is my neighbor. Pastor, the one I borrowed sugar from. That's my neighbor, pastor. I don't like, that's my neighbor. Them, them people next door. That's not you, just your neighbor. They stay next to you, but who is my neighbor? My neighbor is everybody I come in contact with. So the Bible says, let me fix this relationship. You get it right with me. I said you shouldn't be alone. You get it right with me. You have find favor with man. You get it right with your brothers and sisters in your household. And then you turn around and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I, I was telling my church I was inside of a store and I was on aisle three. Somebody say aisle three. Aisle three. And I was going to get some toothpaste, some toothpaste. <laughs> and I seen a member a former member in, in the church who was at the church. I'm on aisle three looking for toothpaste. They pass on aisle three. I assume they're looking for toothpaste. They jumped to aisle six because they seen me on aisle three. Boy, that's cold. And, and here it is. I'm on aisle three looking for toothpaste. They see me and jump to aisle six. So, you know me, I just love people. I, I jump in my car, and I go down to aisle six. They see me on aisle six and go to aisle three. And, and eventually leave the whole store. Now, we in Albuquerque, you're going to leave the whole store because you have a problem with your neighbor. And versus fix that with your neighbor. Can I tell you, we don't leave a church a job because we have problem with people. We learn to love people as our neighbors as we love ourselves. The reason why we have so much chaos and conflict with people is because we don't truly love ourselves. That's why God gave that commandment. When you love yourself, you love your neighbor. Loving yourself is loving your neighbor. And you can't love your neighbor without loving yourself. Does that make sense? And we got to understand in, in, in our walk with God that this matters how much we love our neighbors. Jesus wants us to love our neighbors as ourselves. We can't ignore our neighbor. And our neighbor is not just the one who comes to church. Our neighbors are the gays, the lesbians, the Democrats, the Republicans. They are people who are not Tiger fans. Hey, listen, I'm getting tired of all y'all up in here right now. I'm telling you right now. Hey, Amen. I'm tired of y'all. Hey, Amen. Uh, these are... Not just the people we like or agree, but everybody we see. He wants us to love them. Are you feeling what I'm saying? Because I, I don't want you to, to, to leave here and say, um, I, I'm here in, in, in relationship because I want pastor to tell me how I'm going to get a man and how I'm going to get a wife. And let me tell you, you are only fooling yourself if you don't get this part right. I got to love my neighbor. I got to love my siblings. I, I got to make sure I love God first, and I know he don't want me alone. He does not want me in isolation. And then let me jump to this one here. I love this one, our relationship with our self. Oh, man. 
Romans 12, verse 3 says, It says, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, look at the screen, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 3, it says, don't think more highly of yourself. All right, here we go. Say, neighbor, neighbor. you ain't all that, boo. You ain't all that. <laughs> what's wrong with y'all? What's, what's, what happened? What, what's, what happened? Something happened? Say, neighbor, neighbor. I ain't going to tell you again. You ain't all that, boo. The Bible tells us that we shouldn't think that we are all of that. We shouldn't think more highly of ourselves. Last time I checked, all of us came from dirt. So on the best day, we nothing but dirt. Say, neighbor, neighbor. you bag of dirt, you. <laughs> Wait, watch this. Let me help you. It's important that, that God says when you think too much of yourself, there's a problem. If you think too low of yourself, there's a problem. But think of yourself with sober judgment. He helps us according to the measure of faith. He tells us we ought to think of ourselves the way God thinks of us as royal chosen people, not walking around, living around, going around like we something special. Amen, somebody. So we don't look down on people who don't have what we have or don't dress the way we dress or don't worship the way we worship, or who think different from us, we, we understand on our best day, our righteousness is as filthy rags. And when you look at yourself like you are important, you're inviting the spirit of pride to come into your life. Let me help some of you because, because listen, I needed to help myself with that because just because I knew a few scriptures, you know. I went to OSC Jennings, you know, I thought I was something. Had to bump a stick at OSC Jennings. Josh, he's our man. He's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. <laughs> Come on. Right? Watch this, y'all. God wants us to be humble in spirit and in heart. Not walking around with a prideful, arrogant look as if we are better than somebody else. You know, uh, in our church, we have the blessings of having the UL track team come uh, to our church. I mean, 15, 20, the girls and some of the football players, the, the quarterback now comes to our church. And, and I'm happy about that. And, um, you know, on Sundays, they, they do a little cash app. And I see they offering $1.50, $5, you know, $3 offering. And I, I always would look at that and say, man, that really blesses my heart. That they're in college, you know, if you've been in college, you know, you know, it's rough in that. For some of us, it's a little tough, amen. Some of you working nine jobs, taking 16 hours, it's hard. It's hard out here for, okay. It's, it's, it's tough. But when, when I see that sacrifice, I'm like, these, they get it. They understand that 
them being positioned in God to know that just because I'm on a college track team or I'm on a UL football team, there are things that are more important than just me and what I have going on. And, and, and this is important to grasp this because when we operate out of the love of God, we are, left, we are less selfish. We can support visions and we can, we can be around people who don't like us because it's not about us. You won't go around them because you think it's about you. But Jesus hung around people who were not like him. Because he didn't think he was all that. I mean, he really was, but he didn't think that, right? Amen. Amen. If you walk on the water, you're something special, praise the Lord. I heard they walk on water in Jennings. I'm not sure. I'm waiting to see that. Amen. Right. 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 Watch this. The Bible tells us in, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, I got to hurry through this, and, and then we're going to culminate it. The Bible says in, in 2 Timothy 3, it says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Wow. You see that right now. Verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. The Bible says, have nothing to do with such people. All right? This is, as I'm looking at my 2023, as a man of God, I understand I don't have time to think, that I'm better than anybody else. I have to stay humble. And the higher God takes you, the more lower you go. The reason why some of you ain't won the lotto, I'm going to let that sink in. Amen. Praise the Lord. You ain't run that crawfish scratch ticket? Because the Lord knows when you get money on, if you're selfish on this level you'd be selfish on a whole nother level when you get some stuff he keeps you right where you are in the position that you are because he knows what you can handle and he would never bless you beyond what you can manage but only into the area of the things you can manage but if you get more God in your life he'll trust you more with the stuff that he has for you that he has planned alright here we go relationship with money alright Somebody say money. money. All right, somebody say money. money. Now, y'all act like y'all don't want no money up in this church. I like, amen. Somebody say money. money. Look what it says. First Timothy, first Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. He says, the love of money. He says, for the love of money is, is the root of all kind of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and has, has pierced himself with many griefs. Money, whether you know it or not, we have a relationship with it. Right. We're happy when we have it, and we sad when it's gone. <laughs> Income tax time is coming. Some of y'all so happy. And then throughout the season, when you don't have it, you're really down. Because you don't understand the meaning of money. 
and why God purposed money and our relationship with money. I thought money was about me just getting everything that I want. I didn't understand the principle of sowing and giving and the currency of money. So my relationship with money was bad. Vis-a-vis credit score. Vis-a-vis owing Pookie and not paying him. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I didn't mean to say that. I do apologize. For that. Came out, that came out wrong. Amen. Edit that off the tape. Edit it off the tape. Amen. The relationship with money is important. The Bible says that when our heart is in the wrong place about money, it'll cause us to wander and, and get into areas of grief. A lot of us are out of purpose because we are chasing money more than we're chasing God. We're chasing the power status of money over the relationship with God. He wants us to understand, I'm not trying to take something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. I want money to not be a God in your life. I want to be the only God in your life. So I I want money to have its place under me. Does that make sense? And, And so I need to change the way I think about money. And it's not me getting all I can and can and all I get. It's me understanding if God only blesses what we put in his hand. Come on, stick your hand out. Stick your hand out. Come on, everybody, stick your hand out. Every, stick it out, I told you. Stick it out. <laughs> Amen. Let me borrow $20. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no. Look, whatever you put in God's hand, he blesses. Your relationship, your emotions, your health, your future, when it's in his hand, he blesses it. But if you keep your money in your pocket and you save it, put it all in your bank account, and it doesn't push generations of future blessings, then you missing why God wants to bless you. The word says he gives seed to the sower, which means if you ain't got no seed, God, no, you don't intend to sow. But if you start sowing, praise the Lord, he's going to bring the harvest in your life. Oh, I felt that right there. Amen. Now, let me go on. I got two more, y'all. I got two more, y'all. Come on, work. Bear, bear with your ball today. Amen. Relationship with your spouse. How many married people up in here? Oh, well, I like that. See, that's a man. See how he yelled right there? That's a man that know what's up. He know what's up. Amen. All right? Yeah. Look what it says here. I want to walk this real quickly. Ephesians 5 and 22. This is loveology, y'all. This is the foundation. It says wives. Uh Uh-oh. Submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also should, should wives submit to their own husbands in everything. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 26. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. And to present her to himself a radiant church without stain or rink or without blemish, but holy and blameless, verse 28, the same way husbands are to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife love himself 
After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed it and cared for their body, just as Jesus did for the church. All right? I grew up in religion, apostolic, amen, recovering. Pray for me. <laughs> and when I, I first got with my wife, I said, the Bible tells you, you heard what the word said, Ephesians 5 was my favorite scripture. I wanted a tattoo of the thing. It says, wife, submit to your husbands. I would use the word as a way of manipulation. The Bible said, in everything, make me a sandwich. You heard what the Bible said. <laughs> my, my, yeah, my, 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 my wife from Chicago, you maybe, you, you maybe try that with a Louisiana girl, but up north girl, she said, make you a what? I realized in the beginning of our relationship, I didn't truly understand the value of what it means in our relationship to submit to one another. I didn't understand the purpose of how our marriage should be glorifying God. Our marriage should be an example of what the kingdom looks like. It's not her submitting to me. It's sometimes me as a man making her a sandwich. How many sandwich making husbands up in there? I got three of y'all. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I learned, watch this, y'all. I learned, I got to go, watch this, y'all. I learned, I learned that my closest relationship to God is how I treat my bride. That he died for her. He gave himself for her. I learned to submit to her. I'm proud to say in Jennings, I'm a submitted husband. Amen. Yeah. Now, 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 ladies, don't clap too loud. I'm still the man. You know, I'm still. No, no. I learned that it's not about what she does for me or what I do for her. It's for what we do for each other. We serve one another. And the goal is that our marriage glorifies God. When people see us, they want what we have because it represents God. I understand as a call on my life to wash my, wa my wife with God's word, to honor her and to respect her. And I'm still learning as I go. I don't have it all down. But she, even yesterday when we got home from a wedding, we pull up in our own parking garage and she stayed in the car. I get out of the car, walk in the house. She's still in the car. I said, where's my wife at? She's sitting in the car. She said, I wouldn't get in until you come open the door. I said, even, in, even when we get to our house? She said, yep. You don't just do that in public. You do that in private. Oh, I've got to get somebody. And I said, okay, you got me this time. I went to open the door for her. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. The value is I understand that this is what God designs marriage for. It's for us to have a partnership that represents the kingdom that the world can see. There are, the world is attacking marriages, redefining marriages. So we ought to love each other in public and in private. We don't put on a, a private, a public show, but in private, I can't stand you. you that's why you got to watch people's marriages on Messbook, I mean Facebook. Because what you see may not be what you see. You see. 
So we submit in our marriages should glorify God. The question is, is this marriage glorifying God? Now, I want to close with this last point. I, amen. I got two minutes negative. Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. The Bible says, this is what I want to say. Somebody say singleness. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 34 and 35. This is what Paul writes. And he says, an unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affair. And I want to pause there for a minute. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about whose affair? All right. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body, pureness, and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of, the, of this world, how she can please her husband. Verse 35, he says, I'm saying this to you for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in an undivided devotion to the Lord. So my single people in here, while you are single, Paul writes this letter that asks why we are single, defined as anybody not married, okay? Just because you got a boo, don't make you married. I don't know what this culture say, this, this special arrangement we got, that's my baby daddy. That's my, that's a mess, what that is, all it is is a mess, all right? If, you, if you're not married, you're considered single. So Paul gives the descriptions. If you're single in here, you should be pure, which means you shouldn't be having sex. Okay, don't get quiet on me, all right? He says while you're single, commit to the Lord in, in body and in spirit, which means that you have a un, a, a un, a, you have a, you, you're not distracted in how you are serving the Lord. If I would have known this in my young age, I would have run a lot harder for the Lord. I would have get things done for him versus trying to find me a wife. Versus trying to find you a man, right? While I'm single, I'm doing everything for the Lord with all my heart, right? While I'm single, I'm not trying to take all the vacations and go everywhere across the globe. I'm trying to devote my life to God with everything in me. Are you following me? While I'm single, I'm giving God everything, my time, my talent, my treasure. While I'm single, I'm not out here in the world. I'm devoted to God. So in our singleness, as I close, in our singleness, the goal is to understand that God wants us to have complete devotion to him. He wants us to truly understand the purpose of me running for him. Let me pause with this for a minute. Because as, as believers and we're single, we should be multiplying God's kingdom. We should be building God's kingdom. We should be doing the work of the ministry. Paul makes it clear. He says, while you're alone, single, you ought to be giving God complete attention in mind, body, and in spirit. Running for the Lord running hard for the Lord, giving God everything you got, right? We do it for the world, don't we? For our career and for everything else. But while we single, we ought to be running for the Lord. Amen? Amen.
Come on, stand to your feet. I want to pray with you real quickly. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. With all heads bowed, nobody walking around. Amen. Fall of the day, we understand the most important relationship we can have is with you. You first. Today, God, as we are bowing our heads and believing that you would begin to strengthen our understanding in this house. Let our personal relationship grow. Let us love you more than we love anything else. Thank you, God, that the plans of God is for us not to be alone. Thank you that it was your idea that you said you wanted to find someone suitable for us in our life. Thank you for favor that comes from you. Thank you, God, that we can understand that it's not all about us, but it's about you. Thank you that our relationships with our money, it's not about our desires, but about building your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, today in this church that you're going to stir a hunger and a passion for God's people to want to run and build healthy spiritual relationships. So, Father, I pray today for every person under the sound of my voice that they would get this down in their spirit. It's God over everything. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. Now, Holy Spirit, write on our hearts. Let this word be permanent in our minds that we might not sin against you. We give you all the praise even now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.